Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. Ah, <laughs> uh, hello there. So wonderful to see you have returned to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop as you have stopped by the shop on an auspicious occasion, of course, as we inch close to the Yuletide and Christmas itself. We hearken back to days of old, when long cold winter nights, families would huddle around the warm glow of the hearth. As they endured the haunting howl of the winter wind outside, they would recall tales of old, when spirits would walk the earth in search of unearthly endeavors. So follow me here to the back room, take a seat by the fireplace in one of our leather high back chairs, and settle in as I pour you a brandy. As we too continue this holiday tradition of telling tales of the supernatural, on this episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, Christmas Oddities 2, an Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop Christmas Special. So last year on our Christmas special, Christmas oddities, you know, I got to talk about some of the things I really like to watch in horror, fantasy, and science fiction. Uh, when it comes to the holiday time, when it comes to Christmas time, we talked about things like, you know, Bob Clark's Black Christmas, one of my old favorites. Also, one of my newer favorites, Krampus, and a Christmas horror story. You can't really have, uh, for my money, any sort of horror story without talking about some anthologies because there are some pretty good anthologies out there and uh, a Christmas horror story is is one of my favorites I watch it every year now so I thought this would be a fun time of year to go over some of my other favorites there are plenty of great horror fantasy and science fiction holiday movies and anthologies and specials out there that we could do hopefully uh, as the years progress uh, many years worth of shows but uh, but this year we're gonna talk about some more of my favorites to watch during the holidays some new and some old and tried and true. And one of the things I just, well, I didn't just discover this year. It actually just came out this year that I really quite enjoyed. And we're going to, we're not going to start off with horror on this. We're going to start off with uh, science fiction, fantasy, wherever the superhero genre kind of falls into place. It deals with space. So I'm guessing probably this is more of a, a science fiction sort of thing. But the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, one of the things I really loved growing up as a kid was this time of year and everybody had a holiday special uh, whether it was comedians and celebrities doing some sort of variety show whether it was a uh, very special episode of a certain uh, tv series or just in general most TV series had different holidays. They had a an episode that catered to that holiday. And so I, I really dig what Marvel and Disney are doing with their uh, special presentations. Uh, they did one at Halloween with Werewolf by Night, which I thought was probably of the things Marvel is doing right now. And, well, in the phase four section of their endeavors, I think Werewolf by Night was probably one of the best things they had done. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. So I was really kind of excited to see what they were going to do with a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special because of, of all the things that Marvel and Disney are doing wrong, 
And, and in phase four, they did a lot of things wrong, I think. Disney and Star Wars doing some right things, some wrong things. I, you know, the lowest common denominator here is Disney. But I like what James Gunn is doing with the Guardians of the Galaxy. When you're talking about some of the better things Marvel is putting out there uh, with Disney, the stuff that James Gunn is doing with the Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, is some of the upper tier works that that they're coming out with so they had this holiday special on disney plus and the thing i like about it one it has so much uh little easter eggs and little nods to things that have happened in the the mcu and with the guardians of the galaxy but it also has some nods to things to come we find the guardians of the galaxy they just purchased nowhere from the collector cosmo the space dog makes a reappearance we get all the the guardians of the galaxy except gamora who is who is not a part of the guardians of the galaxy at this point uh, this version of gamora but it starts out with the animated bit with uh, a young peter quill and yondu uh, trying to teach him about christmas and Yondu having nothing with it. And the, the whole premise of it is Peter's just kind of down. And Mantis and Drax go on this adventure, this Christmas adventure, to try and bring him the greatest present to reignite his, his love of the holiday. And the Christmas present is Kevin Bacon. And it was just such a fun romp. My, my wife and I watched it and... Just so many funny moments. It was quite a good experience. I'm not going to go over everything that happened in this, but uh, Kevin Bacon's involvement was hilarious. Uh, he was such a good sport about this because poking a little fun at himself, and, and that was quite enjoyable. But this Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special has all the hallmarks of what I really love about uh, Christmas specials. The fact that it had action, it had adventure, it had a little bit of humor to it. But it also had a lot of heart. And it really is what the holiday is about. About love and, and peace and, and joy and being there for each other and giving of ourselves uh, without expecting anything in return. And, and that's what this... Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special really was all about for me and why I loved it so much. Now, I'm sure other people are going to sit there and say, oh, it's superhero movies. It's trash. Uh, well, yeah, fuck that. Uh, pardon my French. Santa Claus is probably listening. I probably shouldn't be uh, saying too many bad swears, but uh, forget that. You know what? It, it's fun. And like I said, it had a lot of heart and it really helped you. You know, there were some moments there where I got chills down my spine watching it because it's just, you know, it's just one of those, maybe a little sappy, maybe a little saccharine, but I don't care. You know, it's the holidays and I don't care how hard you think you are and how calloused and jaded you are or how much of a badass you think you are. Christmas is all about uh, having your heart touched, or at least it should be. And I think this did that, which I, I really liked that about this holiday special. And I don't know whether they'll do another Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, but I would hope that they would do, uh, if they do any sort of holiday specials in the future, whether it be with other characters or the Guardians of the Galaxy, I hope they continue this tradition and and do something like this that just kind of uh, makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside because that's that's part of the, one of the great things about the holiday season. And this had a great soundtrack and a couple really fun original Christmas songs, so that was kind of fun too. This next movie we're going to talk about, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I got to watch it for the first time this year and 
was really pleasantly surprised. Of course, a couple years ago, well, yeah, it's been more than a couple years ago. This came out in 2019, uh, 2019, 2020. Hulu came out with their Into the Dark series of, it, it, some some call it a TV series, uh, I guess because it is on streaming and it is technically on your TV, but they're, they're movies, most of them uh, feature-length movies, and each one, in each season deals with a different holiday. And of course, in season one of Into the Dark, we got the Puka story, which I was pleasantly surprised by. I'm not going to talk about it this year. We may talk about it next year, but the one I really wanted to talk about in the Into the Dark series on Hulu was the one that came out in season two, A Nasty Piece of Work. It's about a businessman who is kind of, he's one of those decent guys but just frustrated he really you know the the character is ted played by kyle howard and this character kind of had that uh peter gibbons uh played by ron livingston feel in office space <laughs> he just kind of had that vibe about him but he's he's working trying to impress his boss trying to move up and thinks he'll do anything to move up in the world but his boss played by uh, the incomparable Julian Sands, uh, just is not having any of it until the boss, uh, Stephen, invites uh, Ted and Gavin to his home with their significant others uh, for an opportunity to advance. And remember when we talked about who invited them or, yeah, I think that was the name of it, where the couple uh, is having a house party and this couple shows up and they stay late and just keep kind of needling the the homeowners to try and get them to do more and more things. This kind of felt like that, where Julian Sands keeps needling Ted and Gavin to see how far they'll go to advance their career until things turn turn bloody. And we get to see how far Ted will actually go. You know, it seems like at some points he and his wife, played by Angela Seraphine, uh, of course you know her. She's been in quite a few things, but I remembered her uh, specifically from uh, multiple seasons of Westworld. Uh, a wonderful actor. It was nice to see her get a, a see her in a bigger role. I usually see her in you know secondary and tertiary roles. It was nice to see her kind of front and center. But you see the wife uh, Tatum and Ted both at varying points willing to go any route that they can to to do what is necessary for Ted to advance his career with Steven in this in this company but at the end of the day they're what matter most to each other and not this job and it was it was quite an interesting end to the whole thing it just got really messed up and really out there and then when you get the little kicker at the end about uh who actually gets the promotion. It, it was quite, uh, I, I don't know, it, it's very today, it's very politically correct today, girl power, but I, I liked the ending of A Nasty Piece of Work. And the the journey you get from the beginning to the end is quite interesting, keeps you on the edge of your seat. It is horror in a thriller kind of way. You know, a lot of people will say, that's no horror movie, that's a thriller. Well, I, I hate that compartmentalizing. I'm going to put this in a little box that makes me feel comfortable. Uh, people are getting killed. There's blood on the floor and that's one of the hallmarks of a good horror movie and the 
lengths that people are going to to get ahead in their job gets horrific at times and i i love this movie uh is it going to be one of those movies i go back and watch every year no but it's one of those movies i was really glad i watched this year because all the performances kyle howard julian sands uh dustin milligan as gavin angela seraphane uh as, as tatum molly hagan as kiwi was just delightfully wicked and natalie hall as missy was was really good as well it was just a, a really solid cast and and done very well it was definitely something you need to watch this holiday season the next movie we're going to talk about is a classic in the world of horror this came out in 1984 silent night deadly night now i hadn't watched this movie since oh geez i was probably a kid i probably shouldn't have been watching this but i did watch it so i was like i'm gonna watch this again and just kind of refamiliarize myself with it it's got that iconic movie poster when you were at the video store as a kid and saw this box with the santa arm going down the chimney holding the axe it just seemed like oh this is this is not a movie i want to watch but uh but i did watch it and i had to rewatch to kind of like i said refamiliarize myself but uh this is such a a great christmas classic because it, it is like these days sometimes you get a lot of horror movies that are set around a holiday but don't really have the horror doesn't really have anything to do with the holiday this really much felt like the horror was a part of the holiday and it starts out with this kid billy who witnesses his parents brutal murder back in 1971 as he grows up he's got issues until he becomes an adult and all of a sudden something sets him off and he goes on a killing rampage and the movie it's not great uh <laughs> the the acting is so-so the special effects are are okay but the story that they tell is just so engaging and you really get a lot of backstory you spend most of the story learning who billy is and how this event from his childhood affected him and it really doesn't get into the the slasher portion of this until partway through the second act i think now are there some plot holes you know what exactly is setting him off you know after the initial uh rampage that he goes on in the toy store there's got to be some suspension of disbelief uh like i said the special effects aren't great uh some of the kills are kind of uh lackluster uh, there is one kill though when he comes across the house with the babysitter and what he does there with the deer antlers that's some gruesome stuff i don't care who you are but it's an interesting story for as low budget as it feels 1984 low budget as it feels it's just one of those christmas classics those christmas slasher classics that invigorated the whole holiday horror genre of course you had you know black christmas was at the epicenter of holiday horror you had the killer santa claus and the uh, joan collins piece in the tales from the crypt movie uh this though really set off the feature film of the killer santa trend that we've seen for for decades now and that's why i think this is a classic and this is if you're a horror fan you gotta watch silent night deadly night plus also if your kid that 
grew up in the late 70s through the 80s. Uh, when they're in the toy store, there's a lot of sweet-ass vintage toys in there. I love seeing the Jabba the Hutt playset in the background all the time because I had that back in 1984. So our next movie, like I said earlier, uh, I talked about one of my favorite anthology holiday classics, uh, A Christmas Horror Story. Uh, in last year's episode, still one of my favorite, if not my favorite, holiday anthology series, at least Christmas holiday anthology series. But I came across another one that I'd heard about, but I'd never really watched. And it has become, I don't know as if I'd say a favorite, but I, I really enjoyed this because just because of the bona fides of, of this movie. I remember when we talked about that movie Glorious earlier this year, it was a Shudder original directed and written by uh, David Ian McKendry and Rebecca McKendry. Well, before that did a horror anthology called All the Creatures Were Stirring and of course directed by the McKendrys and written by them as well. And I, I have to say for being a lower budget uh, horror story this was really enjoyable i liked it because it had a, a bizarre through line which when it started i thought oh jesus this is going to be really cheap and really bad but this through line are these two friends they're kind of like orphans uh they've got nobody so they're going to be together uh, kind of a friend date on Christmas Eve. They go to this community theater where they do this kind of weird pantomime performance art piece. Max and Jenna are the, the two main characters' names, and they're sitting there watching this. And as they go into the performance piece, then we go into the actual story that they are are portraying on the stage. Uh, the first one is The Stockings Were Hung, which is, again, this one felt really low-budget. And given the low budget nature of the beginning of the movie and this, I thought, okay, this is gonna be this is gonna be pretty bad. But the stockings were hung story was was kind of interesting. It's like a take the office gift exchange and mix it with a saw-esque style of story. And that's what you get. Uh, some disgruntled worker is torturing uh, all these office workers with booby-trapped gifts and kind of making them turn on each other. It was, it was actually quite interesting. And and I think of, of all these stories, this was probably the weakest of the stories, but I think it was still a good way to start off the, the anthology. Then we go to Dash Away All, which is this guy, Eric. He's doing last-minute shopping. He's the last one on the uh, department store parking lot. He's locked his keys in his car, and there's a van nearby. He goes to get help, and... Instead of getting help, he ends up getting a curse passed on to him. I really enjoyed this one. This one probably was the creepiest and the scariest of all the stories. I really liked the the CG work wasn't horrible. I mean, it was obvious CG, monster, demon, whatever you want to call it. But it, it wasn't horrible. It was a very shadowy kind of creature, which uh, that kind of... I, I, I like that. I like the whole idea of this. And it ends with Eric having this curse passed on to him. And what does he do now? And that's what I liked about this. Is a lot of these stories, they either plop you down in the middle of something or they end it without really ending it. And you're left to wonder, oh my God, what happened next? Which I think, you know, that, that really works with some stories. And it worked with a, a lot of these, I think. The next story in this anthology was All Through the House, which is kind of, 
I, I, I did enjoy this. Uh, Chet, played by Jonathan Kite, who did a really good job with this, being that it was primarily him and his next-door neighbor, the, the only two characters, but it was kind of like a retelling of A Christmas Carol only on acid. Uh, which which I really enjoyed. It, it had an abrupt ending and a quick turn. I would have liked to have seen this play out a little longer. Maybe like a full hour long episode or or even, you know, make it a feature and, and go, you know, an hour 25, an hour 30 with this. I don't think you could or would want to go much more than that. But but this is a story that I'd like to have seen uh, this story fleshed out a little more. But, but like I said, I really did like Jonathan Kite's performance in this. The next story in this was Arose Such a Clatter, which uh, was kind of a fun, uh, interesting story. It's this guy named Guy, played by Mark Kelly, who does a good job with this, uh, I think, as well. He accidentally hits one of Santa's reindeer and kills it, uh, but it's not completely dead. He ends up bashing it with a rock and... Uh, another one of Santa's reindeer. We never, I don't think we ever really find out which reindeer it is. And I can't remember the reindeer that Guy kills. You do see that it is definitely one of Santa's reindeer. There's a name tag and all. But this reindeer that witnesses this whole thing stalks him and gets reindeer revenge. Now there's another character, Susie, played by Megan Duffy. Uh, the character was just kind of thrown in there, it feels, just to give more of a body count. She was just reindeer fodder, uh, so to speak. But this one was an interesting story not one of the best stories but i did like the idea of it i thought that was kind of cool and kind of thrilling the whole pov stalking of the reindeer was effective i think it wasn't scary but it was effective and then the final actual story we get in this is in a twinkling which uh, i enjoyed this uh, because it really had a twilight zone vibe to it you have this guy who doesn't want anybody over because there's something going wrong. Or, you know, he, he wants to spend this night, uh, Christmas Eve. Uh, there's a full moon. He wants to spend it by himself. You look and see he's about to chain himself up. You think he's like a werewolf or something. And the friends that come over unexpected are going to be in trouble. But it has nothing to do with that at all. And it turns into an alien visitation trying to learn about Christmas sort of thing in an odd, bizarre, and eerie, uncomfortable way. And I like this one because it looked really interesting. They played a lot with black and white and color and vibrant colors in the black and white. It was bizarre. And like I said, it felt very much like a, a classic Twilight Zone episode. And then you get the through line, which is the Max and Jenna character at this theater watching uh, stage performance, pantomime stage performances of all these stories. And the, the final one is called To All a Good Night. And uh, Max, you've seen him squirming around. He's making these weird, uh, mysterious phone calls. He's got some stomach issues. He leaves, and Jenna is sitting there watching this final performance to All a Good Night. She is seeing her and Max's evening play out on the stage when they met in front of the theater, when they sat down, all the different things going on. And then all of a sudden she sees Max making this phone call and talking about how he's hungry. And he comes back and sits down and asks her if she wants to grab a bite to eat. All this being portrayed on the stage. And then all of a sudden Max comes back and he says the same dialogue that the characters on the stage had just said. And 
you know that he is some sort of vampire, some sort of creature, and that whatever he's hungry for, she's on the menu, and not in a good way. So I have to say, uh, for as low budget as it is, uh, the acting was all really good. The special effects weren't horrible, and in some regards, they were fairly good some practical work was done with some of the special effects that I really enjoyed. And, and I could see where David Ian McKendry and Rebecca McKendry, uh, they've got a bright future ahead of them between this glorious. I, I can't wait to see more from them because I think they've got a lot of really good ideas and I think they know how to treat films and horror and science fiction uh, the right way. So uh, that's one of the reasons why I think this is definitely a Christmas must see if you like horror, fantasy, science fiction. Now, the final movie we're going to talk about is a movie that it actually came out a few years ago. This was actually one that came out in 2016, although you don't hear a ton about it. But I really enjoyed this movie. You better watch out. Directed by Chris Peckover, uh, screenplay by Zach Zahn and Chris Peckover. And it was one of those movies where I was expecting one thing and got something totally different. Olivia de Jong plays Ashley. Uh, she's a babysitter. She's coming over to, to babysit this kid, Luke, uh, played by Levi Miller, before she goes off to, to Pittsburgh. Uh, there's no real reason why. I don't know whether it's for school or what have you. But she's off to babysit uh, this kid, Luke who is, I think, 12 years old. She's about 17. There's an age difference, but Luke has a crush on her. And all of a sudden, this house seems under attack by something or somebody. And you really think that uh, this is just going to be some some lame horror. What was that movie with Colin Farrell where he's trapped in the the phone booth because somebody's going to shoot him. I was afraid it was going to be that type of horror, but it turned out to be so different because Luke is, is not as sweet and innocent as one would think. It had very much a uh, good son vibes to this. And we find that Ashley is now held captive by Luke and, and all the machinations of land. I'm not going to go into all the specific details because I want you to watch this, but all the things Luke goes through to torment her and to I not even get what he wants because I don't think the end game is even that. It's, it's kind of, like I said, very much good son, very much apt pupil, the Stephen King short story in a way without all the Nazi stuff. <laughs> it's just uh, the, the kid's not a good kid. The kid is a rotten egg. And the, the things that he goes through to cause mayhem and torment and terror, and then the things he goes through to cover it all up and, and to make it seem like he didn't do a thing. It's just, it's fun to watch. And it's, while it's not scary, it is kind of, uh, it builds tension, that's for sure. And you wonder, at some point, you almost feel like you're even rooting for the kid because you want to know how he's going to get away with this. And it's just a, a fantastic movie that I really think kind of blends the holidays and horror in a really good way. And and I really like the cast. Of course, Olivia de Jong, uh, she plays the lead Ashley, and she was in the movie The Visit from M. Night Shyamalan. She played Becca in that. And Levi Miller, he's done several things, nothing that I'm too terribly uh, familiar with. But there's another kid, Ed Oxenbold. He plays the, the best friend 
um, Garrett. And the funny thing is, he actually played Olivier de Jong's brother in The Visit. Yeah, they played Becca and Tyler. So it was kind of funny to see them share on the screen again. But uh, the acting was really good. I really enjoyed that. The story was was complex. And it, like I said, all the machinations of how this kid devised all this and how he devised covering it all up. And the ending was was kind of uh, maybe not shocking, but it was an ending that... Uh, it, it put a smile on your face and then then an oh shit look on your face uh, once you get to the mid credit scene. So definitely uh, a movie if you love holiday horror, if you like psychological horror, because this definitely, there again, there's probably going to be some boob out there. That's not a horror movie. That's a, that's a thriller. Uh, there's a fine line between thriller and psychological horror. Uh, thriller to me seems more like an action movie starring uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, this is more psychological horror. And psychological horror in my book is still a horror film. So check this out. If you like horror, if you like holiday-themed horror, uh, this is probably not something I'm going to watch every year, but it's definitely something I would go back again and watch because it is uh, just there's so many moving parts to this movie. It's actually very entertaining. Uh, keeps you on the edge of your seat. So there you have it. Those are just uh, a few more of my favorite things to watch during the holidays. Some of the things that uh, I think you should watch. They, there's so many more great holiday movies out there, whether it be classic, whether it be movies that are out right now, uh, whether it be movies in the future. I know we've got some, uh, there's always some holiday movies. There's one I just watched that you can catch. Uh, we did this uh, a week ago today called Christmas Bloody Christmas, uh, a great Christmas horror movie. Uh, so go check out that episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. And uh, we'll talk next year about some more of my favorite horror, fantasy, and science fiction to watch during the holidays. So while Christmas is still uh, about a week away, uh, not quite a week away, uh, I do want to take the time to thank everyone for tuning into Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop throughout the past year, for the, throughout the past couple years. Uh, I know things have been kind of crazy with switching podcast platforms and uh, I'm hoping that the audience that was listening on the old platform makes its way over here. I'm hoping some of those aggregate uh, podcast players out there uh, pick up the the new podcast uh, location, and you know, so our numbers can get back up to where they were because they were growing quite quite well under the old platform, and we've seen a dip. But like I said, uh, switching platforms is tough, and uh, hopefully. Uh, with you getting the word out about Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, we can get those numbers back up uh, to where they were before and even higher than that. But want to thank you for your support over the past year. Uh, I'll probably talk about all of this again in our end of year show, but I want to thank you for, for everything you've done to, to make me a part of, of your life, taking the time to listen to what I have to say about these movies and TV series and books and music and, and short stories and all that jazz. Uh, I want to thank you. And on behalf of myself and everyone here at Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas, uh, the safest and happiest of holidays, and may the good Lord bless you and yours. So please check out everything that's going on with Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop on our Facebook page for trailers, and I'm always sharing 
articles about horror fantasy and science fiction from all over the internet. I always try to add my two cents as well in the post, but check that out. Find us on Instagram, and no matter where you're listening to this podcast, please follow it, subscribe to it, like it, uh, like the episodes, share the episodes with uh, anyone you know that loves horror, fantasy, and science fiction, and please leave a review. Five stars would be awesome, but whatever review you leave, as always, we certainly do appreciate that. So Merry Christmas, and until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!